Welcome to the world according to Jakai, where I share my opinions about this world, but trust me, I am not of this world. I got the opportunity to interview Dylan Carwell. A lot of you all may know him for being an Auburn men's basketball player, but I have to say, after this interview, I got to know him as a man who doesn't allow his emotions to control his thoughts on and off the court. I got to know him as a humble individual who values his tight-knit family. I also got to know about him that he stays committed to the process, even when he feels like the process doesn't love him back. And I have to say, you guys, I learned so much from him in this interview and how to even apply it to my life. The game given, y'all, in this interview, you need to take notes, okay? You just have to. So, Dylan Cardwell, welcome to the world according to Jakai. Grateful to be here. I'm grateful to have you here. You know you're my first interview? Yeah. You're my first interview. Best for first, I guess. <laughs> yes. And I am honestly so glad that you're here. I feel like a lot of people know you from being what a lot of people may say the perfect representation of an Auburn man, or even seeing you on the court, a Neville Arena. Yeah. You are a part of the Auburn men's basketball team, but there's so much about you that people don't know. Yeah. They don't know the depths that your personality goes through your heart, how humble you are. Can you please tell me, yeah. but then also tell my viewers and my listeners, just a little bit more about you on a personal level. Yeah, well, you know, I'm from Augusta, Georgia, raised by a single mother household, you know, that's kind of where I get my whole personality, my mom and my grandfather, and that's pretty much really it. My mom always raised me to be humble, but I'll always believe in myself and believe myself to be a leader, not a follower, and just having that heart growing up and making sure I'm not following the crowd and making sure that I am being different in a good way, and and you know, re realizing that I'm representing something more than myself, I'm representing my mom and my and my grandfather before me, uh, and just wearing that on my heart and my sleeve each and every day, and realizing that you know, this life uh, is just something you just really can't take for granted. I I can tell that about you not only as a player but as a person. Anybody I'm sure who knows you who comes up to you on the fly and is like, Dylan, Dylan, can I have a, fo a photo with you? You're very humble, you're kind, so I can understand how you say that you get that from your mom, from your grandpa, um, and that's so powerful how you say living with a single mom, how she has so much influence on your life. I, I love to hear that. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot. Have you ever listened to The World According to Jakai to an episode or to a clip on social media? I listened like two minutes of one of your first podcasts. Ooh. What was, what was said. Oh, oh. I know you told me that you record in your closet. I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, you got to make sure that you check out an episode, okay? Yeah. Um, so this past week, I have to congratulate you because you guys just won the 2023 Legends Classic Championship, okay? Against Notre Dame, you averaged two points, one rebound. St. Bonaventure, eight points, four rebounds, two assists. Congratulations, first of all. But the second thing that I want to say is to your 13-year-old self living in Augusta, all the stuff that you've seen so far, all the stuff that you experience, 
What do you think that your 13-year-old self would say to you now? I think he'd be in awe, you know, not in awe of myself, but really just in awe of all the things that God has done through me and for me. Um, you know, I used to, like, it sounds kind of cheesy, but I used to pray for times like this, honestly. And, you know, even every, like, down to the most simplistic form of being my height, you know, I used to pray to be tall. And, you know, God has, you know, blessed me with way more than I deserve. You know, he's given me a platform, he's given me influence, he's given me friends, he's given me a family, and he's also given me a university that has my back. I know the university would ever have anybody's back. So I'm just grateful that God has, you know, gifted me these things so much off, obviously on the court, but off the court has been, you know, so much greater. Because at the end of the day, like, the ball's gonna start bouncing one day, and I realized that, and like, God has used basketball to set me up after basketball, if that makes any sense. So I'm just very grateful. And I think the one where I could just uses to be my 13 year old self which is being all that's pretty amazing to hear you insert God into it um, because I do truly believe that he never gives assignments to people that he doesn't trust so I think it's powerful that he trusts you with such a big weight of responsibility yeah. now I will say I was watching the game and I'm like the camera operators can't stay away from you. Whether you're on the bench, whether you're on the court, whether you're anywhere, they're getting your reaction. I remember, I believe it was when y'all went against Notre Dame. Remember when you tripped and when your shoe fell off? Yeah. Instead of talking about the trip, you know what they're talking about? His shoes. Yeah. They look like they're Space Jam shoes. Oh my gosh. What is it about you? I honestly have no idea. Um, <laughs> simple guy, you know, the Bible says that God will take the foolish things and he'll make them look wise, you know what I'm saying? So I guess he just, I've been anointed, I've been chosen, I don't know. Uh, I honestly don't know. I couldn't tell you. Like, <laughs> they're just basic shoes, they're basically unarmed shoes. There's nothing that really I've done to really put myself out there. I didn't, stri I didn't strive for things, the things that I have. Mm -hmm. um, I honestly didn't really want them. Um, I just really wanted to be a basketball player, but through my years here, God showed me there's way more to basketball uh, to the life of Dylan Cardwell, and that's been the most important lesson I've ever learned in my life is that I am more than, you know, this orange basketball that I can put in the rim. Yeah, you're, you're way more than that. How do you go about controlling your emotions on and off the court? Because, yeah. I mean, I know even as a fan, when the refs call something bad, yeah. I'm like screaming like, what in the world? Yeah. But you guys can't really react the same way that we can. So how do you go about controlling those emotions? You know, you just live and you learn. Just stay present and be where your feet are. There's nothing really you can do to change a call or change a missed shot. And you just gotta realize of like, you know, you can't let the past affect the present and you can't let the future dictate the present as well. So it's just like, just being present and being your feet are, you know, it's, you, might, you might, you know, miss a shot, you might turn the ball over, but don't allow these, these problems to compound themselves. I believe in that. Um, even in the Bible, it says that you shouldn't trust in your emotions. So I'm trying to get better at that. Yeah. <laughs> really, I'm a very emotional person, but I appreciate you for being honest about that. So when you're guarding someone on the court, yeah. do you try and get in their head mentally? Or are you just worried about, oh, I'm going to mess you up physically? Um, more of the physical part, just making sure I'm in between the ball and the basket, making sure they're just done. they don't feel confident in going up. And I really do trust my defensive instincts, so just trying, to, just trying to bait them into a shot they're not comfortable taking. And if they make a good shot, you know, just tip their hat off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. So being a player, mm -hmm. I always wonder, if you are not in the starting lineup, mm -hmm. 
Does that bother you? No. Okay. You gotta figure out, you know, find your role first and then be the best at your role. Yes. You know, and obviously we're gonna continue to talk biblical, you know, the body of Christ. You know, that the hand is just as important as the foot, you know what I'm saying? So the head is just as important as the butt. So like at the end of the day, we all make one body of this team and we can't function without any piece. So whether I'm starting, whether I'm playing 25 minutes or 10 minutes, I realize that like I'm bought into something bigger than myself because it's not about me. You know, it's not about my, my teammates, you know, it's about us as a collective group. Exactly. I I appreciate that mindset. And I feel like there's even going to be young boys listening to you and they're going to be like, you know what? He is right. Yeah. If he can do it, if he can thrive, I can do it too. So I also appreciate that perspective. Yeah. So this is what I've been trying to get used to. Yeah. Being in production, being in reporting, being in the broadcast TV industry, there are times where I love this so much, mm -hmm. but sometimes that camera won't turn on for me. Yeah. And I feel like it doesn't love me back, mm -hmm. but I gotta keep going. Yeah. How do you keep going mm -hmm. when you feel like the game doesn't love you back? Yeah. When you feel like people don't love you back? Mm -hmm. How do you keep going? Well, there's two things. Um, first one, I'm just gonna quote, um, you know, it says, the Bible says, um, time is right, I, the Lord, will make, it, will make it happen. So that just speaks for itself, like just staying persistent and then realizing that when time is right, not in your, not your time, when God's time is right, he'll make it happen. Secondly, it's just your love for the game. You know, I love basketball and there's nothing I'd rather do than play basketball. I've had nights, you know, where I've really cried tears. I missed a free throw in practice. I missed a free throw in my own time shooting. Like, you know, I shot my career lives like 35% from free throw line and it's like, Nothing I've done, you know what I'm saying, to shoot those percentages. Like, I've worked my tail off. I'm always in the gym. I've been, you know, putting all this work in. It seems like nothing is really paying off. It's just a waste of time. But, you know, the fruits of my labor, you know, happened to show themselves this past game where I shot six for six from free to line. You know what I'm saying? So, at the end of the day, it might not make sense in the present. It might not make sense in six months, ten years, however long. But when time is right for God to make it happen, he'll make it happen. And that's just between, you know, it just depends on how persistent you are and how much you love what you're doing. Yeah. And I feel like the com being committed to, because you can love something and not be committed to it. Yeah. Um, is it hard to enjoy the season when you're right in the thick of it? Or do you, do you take time to be grateful while you are going through it? Good question. Um, I think I do take time to be grateful for it, especially when I'm traveling. Um, mm. Obviously, growing up in a single household, I didn't have access to, you know, plane rides and drove everywhere we were going. So, just you know, being grateful for having a plane to go to Arkansas, or we got back from New York City. You know what I'm saying like every every time I've traveled out of the country, it's been because of Auburn basketball. Right. And so, just taking time to be grateful for that. You know, what I'm saying how how far God has allowed basketball to take me. You know, across this country and across this world. So, like, I've been very grateful for things that I've been able to do through basketball, and that's where you kind of show your appreciation. Is because you know I could have gone to a you know smaller Division One school with a you know bus ten hours, but I don't. Mm -hmm. So just finding joy in the simple things. Um, so, have you ever watched the movie Ted Lasso? Mm -hmm. No, not the movie, the, the TV, TV series. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, it's about a coach who got hired to coach a soccer team, yeah. and then he was trash at it. Mm -hmm. But his mantra was, it's not about the wins, it's not about the losses, it's just about us growing as individuals. Do you agree with that? I do. You know, we recently had an alumni come talked to us about two months ago and he said like 
you guys think that winning and your playing time, your points really matter. But, you know, he's 20 years removed from college, and he says the only thing that he misses is those bus rides. And, you know, those that when you're building your character and you're having fun with your teammates, you're making memories in the hotel and you're traveling, that's all you're going to remember. You're going to remember yeah. how many points you put up on Bama or Vanderbilt. Like, who cares? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, no one cares about the physical things. So I do agree with that. Okay. How do you feel? Well, first I want to say, do you feel like people put you in a box? I think I've made it impossible to be in a box. Good answer. Um, and then also, how does having that tight-knit family that you talked about really impact you as a person? Yeah, well, I just realized that you know every decision I make impacts them, whether for good or for bad. So I have to make sure that I'm more on P's and Q's and making sure I'm putting myself in in positions where God will bless it. And, you know, through me being able to travel the world through basketball, you know what I'm saying, and also through NIL, I've been able to help support my family travel the world as well. So every time we went to the Bahamas or Cancun or New York City or L.A., my family right there with me. And, you know, just growing up, we didn't have that. So yeah. it's just been amazing to be able to experience that with my family because, you know, we all, we, we've came from the bottom. So it's just been very fun. I, I will say um, your perspective and how grateful you are, a lot of people I feel like don't really see that at such a young age. Um, although being who you are, whether it's school, basketball court, do you tend to apply good pressure or unhealthy pressure to yourself? It used to be unhealthy. Uh, I used to approach basketball like it was school, like it was a grade, like you get an A, a B, a C, or a D. Okay. And that's just not how you can approach basketball. You know, you can't approach basketball in a classroom because it's so unpredictable. It's not a test. You really can't yeah. control. I can't control the basketball. Like I can control a test. Mm -hmm. But now I've kind of learned to be present and be where my feet are and, you know, take the days and take those moments as they come and kind of just analyze them and let them go rather than holding on to them and letting them compound like I was saying earlier. Right. And when we kind of mention about life after basketball, how you're already doing steps to set yourself up yeah. for after it, mm -hmm. what does that kind of look like for you? Yeah. You know, wherever God decides to take me, um, my... My hope is that I'm doing something in sports broadcasting. I do want to uh, do something for ESPN or have my own show. Um, and then after that ministry, or while I'm doing that ministry, I'm really big on that and just really just use my platform to for the body of Christ. So speaking of the body of Christ, being a Christian, we're told that we have to depend on Jesus for our strength. Yeah. But also being an athlete, I kind of hear athletes saying, everything that I do, it's because of me. How do you balance those two mindsets? Yeah. So. I believe that God gives you the opportunity to do things. And mm -hmm. obviously he could take you in a situation where you put your trust in him. He can take you further than you're able to go. But nothing that we do is on our own. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? He gives us the opportunity and he's also like he gives us the the heart to have work for that stuff. I like I didn't love basketball because I was addicted to basketball. God put that into my life. I used to want to be a doctor. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. I used to want to be a doctor until I was in 10th, until 11th grade. I, had, I was on my way to my CNA. I wanted to be a gastroenterologist. So. Ooh, wait. What is a gastroenterologist? Stomach doctor. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So I used to want to be a gastroenterologist for about, you know, three or four years. And then I transferred schools to Oak Hill. And then God kind of made me fall in love with the game. And mm -hmm. he gave me that passion. Yeah, that's super inspiring to hear how he put that passion in you um, because nobody can take that away. Yeah. Um, 
so on the Big Talk podcast that you have with starring with Vince Wolfram, you guys talked about y'all's fave hype men. So you yeah. guys said that you guys like the Rubik's Cube guys, that you like the coconut bra guy. Yeah. So do you feel like if there was nobody in the stands, would you still be all of what Dylan Carwell possesses? Yeah. Would, would you still be extra, still be animated, still yeah. be all, okay. We did that my freshman year, it was COVID year, and at a clip, I can, I can send it to you. Ooh, send it I, to I, me. I, I got a charge, and I literally was screaming for like 19 seconds, going down the court, and we had like a thousand people in the arena. Yeah. It, was like my first, it was like the first time I ever got hyped, and there was no one here to see it, so. I've kind of died down a little bit, you know, the older I've gotten. But my freshman year, and it was COVID, I was I was probably the craziest on the court. So yeah. I wish the, the junkies was able to see that. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> we were able to feel it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so I remember being in the Neville Arena, and I saw a clip of you talking about your grandpa, Tom Johnson. Yep. Honestly, I feel like I even got teary-eyed. A lot of the people in the stadium did when you talked about the sacrifice sacrifices that he made for you yeah. and how you credit him for being the man that you are today. Why did you get so emotional in that clip? Yeah, well, you know, they just told me to talk about him and, you know, just talking about him makes me emotional sometimes. Like, just because, like, it, he was still here when, um, when I was talking about him. So it was just like, it was just, I wanted him to come to that game really bad and he was working hard too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he told me that he wasn't going to be able to make it. And I was just like, dang. So I just, you know, felt like I just wanted to kind of persuade him to the camera to come to a basketball game and he was finally able to come to the basketball game but you know he's such a great man and he does he's done so much for not only my family but for myself so I I will say that video and also seeing your grandpa at the time start dancing yeah. and stuff like that mm -hmm. it's like nobody can say that your personality is fake because yeah. that was yeah. born into you yeah yeah it's genetic so well it seriously does <laughs> viral moment okay you had at the Jordan Air Stadium yeah. taking your shirt off with the kid was that planned to do that or no and um, what made you do that so I obviously had like the shirt taking off thing my whole sophomore year and it was fun you know they used to do like they would, I would, they would put me against different kids and I, my sophomore year was just a movie with the jumbotron stuff and it was just so fun and then my junior year I started putting this one kid up there and they just kept putting him up there yeah and I was like like, and they would put us in split screens, and then he would keep winning, and he would keep getting all the, the claps. And the so I kind of became the laughing, the laughing matter, and I was like, you know what? I gotta work smarter. Uh -huh. So you know, me being brilliant, <laughs> just playing. But my marketing, <laughs> my marketing side of myself was like, you know, I've obviously lost my momentum. You know, if you can't beat him, join him. So I decided to join him, and you know, through that, we've actually became very good friends, me and Will. And uh -huh. um, I've gotten to be able to really become really close with his family. And you know, I, I brought him out to a couple basketball games, I got him some shoes, and we've been really good friends ever since this day. And like, I, I, I go sit by him every football game and talk to him. He recently got baptized um, in April, so he's a very good kid, and I love him to death. So it's like a very good, it's a very full circle moment for me to be able to pour into a child like that. Honestly, and I feel like surface level, people may just say, see, oh, him just taking off his shirt with the kid. Yeah. You saying that just shows how much deeper you think about things. Yeah. Um, so I, I've told you this before. When you leave college, you will leave with no regrets because you have experienced so much. I mean, you visited with Chillin' with Dylan, your yeah. series, aviation school, yeah. uh, swimming team, 
uh, firefighters. The AV Raptor? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what made you go on all those different challenges? Yeah, so, you know, I used to just be very dedicated to basketball, and I got hurt against Alabama. And not too many people knows at all, but, like, I was very, you know, frustrated at God because, you know, he had my attention, and he just, like, it was a sprained ankle, and then it got to uh, a stress reaction. So it was on the verge of, like, fracturing. And that really, like, hurt me because I was in a boot for, like, a month. And... Through that, I couldn't play basketball for a whole month. Like I couldn't jump or you know, I'd break my foot. So I was just like, God, like, why? And so after that, you know, I started becoming more outgoing. And you know, I used to just scoot around campus and figure out who I could hang with. Cause I was on a boot, I really couldn't do much except hang out. I didn't want to sit in my room all day. So you know, I, I would play sand volleyball. I'd go play frisbee downtown. I would just hang out. And then through getting hurt, you know, I've always loved Auburn, but I found a deeper passion for it. And I found mm-hmm. a deeper commitment for it. Because I was in a rush to get out of here for three years until God kind of slowed me down. And you know, through that, um, my one of my close friends. He's like, you don't want to, you know, be in your deathbed and just be like, dang, I wish I would have lived more in college and been able to experience more things. Because at the end of the day, like, there's no better time than today than where mm-hmm. you're at presently. And through that, it's like, I took it as a challenge to go out and experience college and experience these things and do all that I can. So I came back from my senior year, and that's what I've been doing, just making memories. Because at the end of the day, like, you can't buy memories. You can't, there's no, there's no price for a memory. And that's, that's what I've been right. doing. Yeah. What is a mantra that you live by? Or do you live by a mantra? No, I just wake up and go. Okay. That's it, wake up and go. (laughs) (laughs) You see yourself living in Auburn like when you're like 50 years old? Um, I'll probably live around Auburn. My goal is to have a ranch. Um, I'm not a city boy at all. I hate the city. Um, I'm not a big city guy. So (laughs) I want like a 300, 400 acre ranch just me, children, maybe have a couple houses for my family members. Yeah. And just leave it at that. I wanted to be in between Auburn and Atlanta, so therefore if I want to go to Auburn football game or basketball game, go that way, or I go to the airport, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. somewhere close, I don't really want to leave the southeast because I just do I do love Auburn. Yeah, I don't know why I asked you that. I can just see you. I, I feel like you, you just love Auburn so much. Um, so any plugs of yours that you want the viewers, the listeners to stay tuned for? Anything for you that you have coming up? Uh, not really. You know, just living life and going. You know, living one of my, life? One of my goals is to be in your dad's show, so... Oh, you will. Behind the mask, so. Yeah. Hopefully we can make it there. (laughs) You will, you will, you will. Well, I have to say, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I feel like this interview, I've learned from you. I've learned different things, how to apply it to my life. And I'm sure that the viewers and the listeners have learned from you also. So thank you for being so vulnerable and honest with us and being able to just show how you are more than the orange ball. You're way more than that. So I thank you so much. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of The World According to Jakai. Make sure that if you're listening on Spotify that you click the bell to receive more notifications and that you also follow on...